Comey was spying on Trump. Well, the reason he was writing the memos was to create a record so that he could destroy No Trump. American knowingly colluded with the Russians to interfere in our election campaigns. Oh wait, unless you mean Hillary Clinton. Pardons, prosecutions, and transparency. You're listening to Tom Fitton's weekly update here on JW TalkNet. Hey everyone, Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton here with our weekly update here on social media. Thanks for joining us. An important week, the election, or at least part of the election has been held. We haven't selected our candidate yet. Uh, and so I wanna give you a quick rundown of what's happening, what should happen, the legal issues involved and what Judicial Watch can and is trying to do to secure our clean elections. Uh, the election occurred on Tuesday and as Judicial Watch has predicted, the mail-in ballot schemes by the left has caused chaos. We have four, five, six states. We have, uh, we had Pennsylvania still not in, Arizona still counting. We have also Georgia still counting. Uh, Nevada is still up for grabs as well. And there's nothing normal about that. There is nothing normal about that. Uh, the law requires, in my view, that uh, we decide who the president is on Tuesday. And let me let me go and show you what the law is, because, you know, it's one of these dirty little secrets the big media doesn't want you to know about. Hold on, let me see if I can pull it up. It's pretty simple to read. Um, no, I can't find it. Well, anyway, it's three U.S. code section one. And it essentially says that on the first Tuesday after the first Monday in November in the election year, presidential election year, the states shall choose their electors for president and vice president. They shall select, actually they use the word select the electors. So what does that mean? The way I interpret it is that we have to figure out who won on Tuesday. And when you count ballots after Tuesday, I think you run into significant legal and constitutional issues. Legal issues in the sense that the federal statute says we have to figure out who won on Tuesday. And I don't know how counting ballots after the fact comports with that. Certainly counting ballots that arrive after election day, which has been the mandate in Pennsylvania, and I think the mandate also in North Carolina, certainly is at odds with that. But I would argue even counting ballots after election day is at odds with that. And uh, I know the president and his legal team are uh, asking for recounts. They're highlighting the fraud issues and I'll get into that in places like uh, Philadelphia and elsewhere. But you know, when you go back to the first principle that they were supposed to tell us or should know who have won and counted who won on Tuesday, then a lot of this is almost beside the point, isn't it? Because then the court, in my view, ought to go back and say, look, we had all these states that told us who won on Tuesday, and we have these four or five states who've decided to count ballots past the election. That's not allowed. Who won on election day? Tell us. And if that analysis is brought to bear, the president won on election day. Because as of Tuesday night, he won Pennsylvania. He won Georgia, he won Michigan, he won Wisconsin. 
and the, and the this debate is over, at least as far as who won the election in that regard. And the only reason we're going forward is because states have decided to count ballots for days afterwards. How is that election day? We have an election day. We don't have an election week. It's election. It's November 3rd. It's not the 4th, the 5th, the 6th. It's now Friday. And we don't know who won, not because there are disputes. It's because they haven't finished counting. And, you know, that's necessarily an indication that there's something wrong. Someone on Twitter the other day made the point, and I don't know who he was, but um, meaning that he was not someone who had a blue check mark, just an average citizen, but he made the brilliant observation. Look, when you count ballots on election day, you know, you may have partisans involved, and of course you have observers from both sides, but they don't know how many votes they need as they're counting the win, right? That's why we count ballots on election day. And as soon as you count ballots after election day, then you get the conflict of interest. They know how many ballots they need to win. And that introduces that, in many cases, an irresistible temptation for fraud into the process. And as Justice Kavanaugh has noted in a recent decision, it undermines confidence in the fair administration of the elections. Not every state counts ballots that arrive after election day. Most don't for the reasons I suggest. And in Philadelphia, it's compounded by the illicit secrecy, counting ballots away from observers. I know there's an argument versus meaningful access versus being cut off literally. My understanding in Pennsylvania, some of them were banned completely. Observers were banned completely from the counting centers and others were let in, but were had to stand so far away. They couldn't make up, they, they would need, they would literally need binoculars to figure that out. And of course they weren't use, allowed to use binoculars. Now I, I had personal experience with observing disputed elections. We were in Florida in 2020, Judicial Watch was. We were in these, in the middle of these ballot fights and we saw what was going on. We were observing the counting. And then we did our own recount analysis. And you gotta, you gotta be, people say, how close do you need to be to the pollster or the poll taker or, or a poll worker, election judge? You gotta be sitting on top of them. But when you've got a corrupt process, in many ways, it doesn't matter. I know President Trump is complaining, his campaign is complaining about not having access to observe the count properly. Now they may have more access, but it's too late. Most, most of them has been counted. I mean, uh, Joe Biden is winning in Pennsylvania. The extra counting changed the resulting in Pennsylvania that was there on Tuesday. It's now a different number, same in Georgia. It happened more quickly in places like Wisconsin and Michigan, but it happened nevertheless where the result from Tuesday changed to Wednesday in Joe Biden's favor. So I know the president wants to be there and to watch this process, but the counting itself is inappropriate, as I say. So it's a process in which he's almost guaranteed to lose. And as I was on, I was on with Lou Dobbs uh, earlier this week, and I made the point, I said, it's like asking to get a closer look at a three-card money game in which you're the mark. It doesn't matter how close you look, you're going to lose. You're going to lose. 
Now, on the other hand, they may be able to make uh, and, and build uh, information about voter fraud that raises concerns enough with the court that they are able to get relief where ballots are, are uh, tossed aside or have to be recounted. I don't know. I don't see how that changes the outcome even in that scenario. That's why I, I've been highlighting the fact that counting after election day should be, uh, we should just say no to it. This was the foreseeable result, this chaos. I've been warning you, and if, if you've been watching me for, even if you watch one prior video, you probably see me say, we're gonna have chaos. It's gonna introduce the element of voter fraud, opportunities for voter fraud if this happens. So you've got extended counts, secretive counts, radical changes in numbers, Again, after election day, all of that is indicia of fraud in my view. All of that are indicia of fraud. So what's gonna happen? I don't know what's gonna happen, but I do know what could happen in the sense of having a good understanding of the alternatives. First of all, the president is asking for recounts. There's, I guess, an automatic recount in Georgia. Wisconsin, there's a recount. I don't believe a recount's gonna change the outcome. If President Trump benefited from the recount, he'd be the first Republican in the history of man to benefit from an election recount. And I say that with some exaggeration but uh, and for comic effect, but that's true. He's not, he's not gonna change the results in a recount. Uh, more substantial, I think, are the, um, and, but who knows, maybe, maybe there are a number of ballots that were missed and uh, there've been talk of computer glitches and things like that. I, I don't know, it's hard to tell what's real and what's not. So I defer to folks on the ground uh, to, to try to figure out what's happening and that will be raised in the courts and with officials as the recounts progress. So I don't wanna rule anything out, but I'm just trying to give you my best estimate of the likelihood of success of President Trump overturning election results through a recount. Uh, secondly, they have uh, uh, issues of fraud they're trying to raise with the courts. Uh, will that allow the courts to throw out ballots? Well, that's a big question. It depends how significant the fraud is and whether they can make the case. Or even more importantly, and that's a possibility because it's been done before in my view, uh, have new elections, have a do-over. In uh, Pennsylvania, um, I think that that whole counting process just, you can't trust it. You can't trust the outcome as a result. You don't need, oh, we caught this person doing that. We caught that person doing, no. You've got a process that necessarily is such a black box, you can't trust what went on. And by you being the candidate, you being the voter, you being the citizen, and as importantly, probably most important at all in this circumstance, you being the court. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. But, uh, in terms of the numbers, Arizona, the, the Republicans think that they can still win in Arizona. I don't know if that's the case. Uh, and in Georgia, the Biden has overtaken the president in his vote in the uh, current vote count. Same in Pennsylvania. And as I said, this was inevitable. They knew this was going to happen. You send out millions of ballots and you have a system in place uh, that doesn't allow you to count them in time. And now these ballots, in my view, are outside the law in terms of being counted too late. 
And that would be the argument I would make. It seems to be the cleanest argument. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, in the, what Judicial Watch has been doing is we've been trying to get access to the data to see if anything was on, everything is on the up and up. We're also uh, investigating, considering our own legal challenges to defend clean elections in the various states. So uh, that's always a tougher nut to crack because the candidate has unique abilities uh, to, to uh, pursue these issues. But you know we are separate from the Trump campaign. We're separate from the Democratic Party. We're separate from the Republican Party. We're an independent group. We can't, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're, not, we're not doing uh, this on behalf of a candidate or, or President Trump per se. We're doing any, any of our legal work and educational activities on behalf of the rule of law and American voters who want to be sure the elections are on the up and up. And to that end, we are battling the media. We are battling big tech that is censoring the, uh, the heck out of me and out of Judicial Watch. I'm, I, I was, I'm, Twitter is suppressing my tweets. They're suppressing the president's tweets. I tweeted out a New York Times article, literally a New York Times article. They censored that. They're targeting me specifically. Now the tweets in theory are still available, but you have to kind of do a double click and they're not easy to share. So if you wanna find out what I'm thinking and what we're doing, uh, you need really to go to Judicial Watch's um, uh, uh, Twitter feed and Facebook feed and my Twitter feed is at Tom Fitton, Judicial Watch is at Judicial Watch. And, and go to the feed directly because it just won't pop up. You can't say, well, I'm following Fitton, I'm following Judicial Watch, I'll see the stuff. And that's not a guarantee anymore. You really need to go and check to see what we're doing and what we're saying about the ongoing debates. Because per usual, Judicial Watch is the leader here. We were the leader in warning of the chaos that was to come. We were vindicated, sadly. Uh, you know, I suspected, I thought the president could win. I suspected the Senate would remain Republican, although it's not clear whether that will be the case. And I suspect that even the Republicans could take over the House. And it turned out I, was, I wasn't too far off there. Uh, and, but uh, we still don't know what the results are. The, res the Senate, there's gonna be in theory, some runoffs in the House, in the Senate, uh, in Georgia specifically, excuse me. And uh, in, uh, and the presidency obviously is still being uh, decided. So what are the options here besides the legal fights we're talking about? Is the, is the Supreme Court gonna call a new election, knock out votes that changes the results? You know, to kind of to say it is to kind of make it seem like it's not gonna, it kind of tells you how unlikely it is to happen, doesn't it? I don't rule it out. Uh, but, uh, you know, let me know what you think of my, my, uh, my argument that three, uh, one, th three USC section one uh, should be the basis of analyzing how the election turned out. That you, we should be taking a snapshot of where we were on Tuesday, and that should be the results that the states have to grapple with in assigning electors to, uh, to the electoral college, which is the next big issue. So let's say the states, uh, the, the campaigns can't convince the courts to do something appropriate. Well, what's the option? Well, under our constitution and federal law, the electoral college is the, is the, um, 
is the process through which disputes about, in many ways, you know, this is, goes to the reason, another reason the courts may not do it because the Electoral College may be involved. That's how they resolve disputes about elections. So uh, the states uh, appoint electors, the state legislature in the end appoints electors, and they kind of delegate their power to pick the electors to the voters. I mean, in theory, you could live in a state and the state legislature could say, you know, we're going to assign the electors. We don't need to have a popular vote, but that's not what they do. But in the end, what's interesting is state legislatures still have the final say as to who the electors are in theory. And so the state legislators in Wisconsin, in Michigan, in Pennsylvania, and Georgia, if they so chose, they could look at the election results for that seem to be going for Joe Biden and say, you know what, we don't like, we agree with Fitton. We agree with the concerns that this counting past election day was inappropriate. It's, it's completely undermined confidence in how the election was conducted. Um, it looks like President Trump won and there's no good faith reason to suggest otherwise because the way those additional votes were counted and accumulated uh, can't be justified and defended in terms of fairness and in terms of uh, reassuring people that they were counted fairly and uh, in, a, in a way that reassures that the outcome was uh, uh, was appropriately uh, uncovered. You know, you want to uncover the victor. How do you uncover the victor? In my view, by figuring out who won on election day, not by counting and counting and counting for days afterwards. I mean, deadlines matter. So getting back to what the state legislators can do, they can designate their own slate of electors. They have final say. So in theory, the Republican controlled legislature of Pennsylvania and Republican controlled legislature of Georgia and Michigan and Wisconsin, they're all controlled by Republicans. They can appoint state, uh, uh, state electors, or excuse me, electors to the electoral college who will support President Trump, his reelection. Uh, but it's more complicated than that because, and I'm not sure about this issue, but it, it could result in dueling slates being appointed out of the states where you have the slate that uh, arose from the vote, and then you have the slate that arose from the uh, legislature's appointment. And that would be what they call dueling slates. And then what happens then? Well, you may recall the Electoral College votes are then affirmed and approved by the House and the Senate. And what happens is they have a joint session of Congress and the House and the Senate meet together. And in the end, uh, you know, they, they, they hear the electoral counts and they're called and all of that, but objections can be raised. And my understanding is you can have a, an objection has to be raised by both a Senator and a House member. And if an objection is raised, and let's say there's an objection, oh, we don't believe the Ohio uh, slate is appropriate because the state legislature, or excuse me, the Pennsylvania slate is appropriate because the state legislature appointed a pro-Trump slate when in fact the votes that we looked at show that uh, Biden won. So that dispute is resolved in a debate separately held by the House and the Senate. So they meet together and they go apart. And then they figure out whether to accept this, the slate now, the interesting thing is it's easy to figure out what happens if they both agree, either it's accepted or not, but it's not clear what happens if they disagree. 
So I don't know what happens then. I mean, it's I guess it's a matter of interpretation, whether, whether there will be the House and the Senate collectively that interpret it, or whether the court has to step in and interpret how it's supposed to run. I mean, there's some suggestions that the governor's certification is considered final and dispositive, but others suggest that's not the case. So it's mightily complicated, mightily complicated. So what does that mean for you as an individual? Well, first of all, uh, if you have information about election fraud or voter fraud or something that is of concern to you that you've learned, you should contact your local and state officials about it and contact Judicial Watch. It's at electionlaw at judicialwatch.org, electionlaw at judicialwatch.org. I think I'm getting that right. And um, secondly, call your senators and call your congressmen and call now you need to start calling your state legislators, especially if you live in states where this issue is of a contest. Michigan, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Pen um, Wisconsin, arguably Arizona, Nevada, all of those states. So if you are listening or have family members or friends in those states, they should get on the horn. Tell your members of Congress what you think about how they need to handle this. Tell your state legislators what you think about how they need to handle this. Are the state legislatures of Wisconsin and Pennsylvania and Georgia, are they going to endorse what happened this week? Or are they going to decide otherwise? That's the big question. And uh, there's, plenty, uh, there's plenty of other information to kind of share with them. For instance, share with them the Judicial Watch information about how in Pennsylvania, they have more people on the rolls than are eligible to vote. Our litigation found at least 800,000 names on the rolls. Our litigation found that in Pennsylvania, the state and the counties were giving different numbers to the courts about how many people were on the rolls. They don't even know how many people were in the rolls. How does that reassure you uh, that the election was conducted in an appropriate way? and only those eligible to vote voted. In Nevada, Clark County, they have several counties with more people on the rolls than eligible to vote. Clark County, I think, is the biggest county in Nevada. I think that's the, uh, that's the county uh, for Las Vegas. And uh, they have 102% registration rate. That's uh, the numbers we had just before the election. 154,000 extra names on the rolls just before the election. Does that reassure you that the election was fair and honest in Nevada? Asking you, and if it doesn't, share that detail with your with your state your state representative, because that's what they should be factoring in too. What's happening in the other states? North Carolina, there are a million extra names on the rolls according to our lawsuit. So if you don't like what's going on, you should be active. You need to be really communicating every day with your state legislator. And it depends on the state. I don't, I'm not gonna to pretend to know how every state is, 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 is um, you know, the name of the, you know, what, the house, I don't know if it's the house of delegates or the house of representatives or the state senators, however, however your state legislature is composed or commonwealth in the case of Pennsylvania, 
Uh, but uh, you should be calling your, all your state elected representatives, all of them, all of them, uh, and the state legislature especially, because they have a unique constitutional ability and duty uh, to um, uh, appoint electors, and they don't have to follow the popular vote. That's the long and short of it. So I wouldn't recommend, you know, personally as a matter of policy, that when there's a vote that's pretty fairly administered, it looks like, and there are no issues, at least apparently. I mean, there's no really good reason, in my view, as a matter of policy for state legislators to stop it, to kind of overturn the will of the people. That would be an abuse, it would seem to me. But when you've got all these indicia of fraud, extra days of counting, the decision to pause counting in places like Philadelphia and Fulton County, Georgia, why on earth would you do that? A timeout? Frankly, the Justice Department ought to be investigating that. You know, and that's another concerning thing. Where is the Justice Department? Where is the Justice Department? Why aren't they securing ballots within reason? Why aren't they policing these places? Why aren't they enforcing court orders? Why aren't they aggressively investigating fraud? Where is Bill Barr? Where is Bill Barr? He hasn't made one public statement after, since the election about this. I think the Justice Department issued a statement on Twitter, spokesman, the Justice Department spokesman telling you tell if you find fraud call your local fbi office i mean talk about a brush off he should be out there standing for the rule of law and frankly going to court to preserve the rule of law along the lines that i've been discussing so i know it's been a long week i'm sure you're all stressed out it's been you know we, we've been working super hard here at judicial watch as i said we we've got these historic lawsuits already active in multiple states ongoing Freedom of Information Act request, active in the states at issue, looking for opportunities to intervene either with direct litigation or amicus briefs, friend of court briefs. Our lawyers are on it. We're, we're figuring out what to do. Uh, but in the end, remember, it's Congress that decides who won the election. So along those lines, you should educate yourself about the Electoral College so that you're able to communicate with your state legislators in an effective way and it's available what happened you know just google what happens in a disputed election with the electoral college google or bing or whatever duck duck go and and you'll 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 see it's you'll see what happens and encourage your senators and congressmen to say you know what we're watching we're watching because we make are the ultimate arbiters of what went on in these states and i tell you pennsylvania if you want your electors to be counted, they should be saying, you need to do X, Y, and Z in terms of assuring us that fraud didn't take place. But like I said, it's too late in that regard. I, I don't know how you undo, um, you know, put the horses back in the barn, the genie in the bottle, the milk back in the carton, whatever mixed metaphor I want to pursue. So, um, you know, I know probably a lot of you are upset and angry, and you can see I'm not terribly angry. I mean, I knew this was going to happen. It's frustrating that we're seeing what I would call an electoral coup take place with this inappropriate counting after the fact. So I'm just encouraging you to do what we can do. I mean, we see misconduct, and all we can do is what we can do to address it. And there's a constitutional process for addressing this misconduct, and I'm alerting you to it. The media is not going to tell you about it because they don't want you to participate. 
They want to, they want to censor this. They want to pretend there's no such thing as voter fraud. They make fun of our concerns about having elections stolen or a process put in place that no one believes is honest. And Judicial Watch has been virtually alone, literally virtually alone. Until recently, the president started talking about it too. And even then he was alone on the national stage about the dangers of mail-in ballot fraud. It's awful. And um, we'll see what happens. Pray for our country. We're going to continue to work over the next months uh, to try to protect the rule of law in this regard. We want to be consistent and principled. It's not about making sure a president we like is elected. It's about making sure the law is followed and elections aren't undermined. So I encourage you to educate yourself about these issues further uh, and contact your state legislators and contact your Congress about their role in the Electoral College so that they can serve as a backstop to any improper efforts to steal the election. Uh, that's all I have for you today. I want you now to get to work, start researching, start calling, start activating, start sharing. You know what to do. Do it, fellow Americans. I'll see you next week here on the Judicial Watch Weekly Update. You have just listened to Tom Fitton's weekly update on JW TalkNet. Remember to subscribe and donate at judicialwatch.org slash donate. <laughs>